Calling all Swifties and champions of change, Like a Girl Media is rolling out the red carpet for you with our Thrive Like a Girl contest. We're all about celebrating powerful women leaders who inspire us to dream big and push boundaries. And who embodies that spirit more than Taylor Swift herself? Here's your chance to see her live in concert. We're giving away two tickets to Taylor Swift's show in London on Saturday, June 22nd. Imagine being part of the magic, all thanks to Like a Girl Media. Entering is easy. Subscribe, share, and show us which episodes inspired you the most. Visit our website or check our social media for all the details. Don't just dream it, be it. Thrive like a girl and make this summer unforgettable. Contest opens globally. Voidware prohibited. Must be 18 or older to enter. No purchase necessary. Subscribe and share with hashtag thrive like a girl and tag us at like a girl underscore media for entry. Unlimited entries means unlimited chances. Winner chosen at random after contest closes May 20th, 2024. We'll be notified via DM. Make sure your profiles are not private. Check full rules on our site. This is your shot to see Taylor Swift live. Don't miss it. Welcome back to another episode of Hit Like a Girl podcast. My name is Joy Rios, and today we have a special episode with Elizabeth Russo. And I am going to give you a moment, Elizabeth, to introduce yourself and tell us about your piece in the health IT puzzle. Where do you fit within the healthcare like economy, so to speak? Yeah. So I'm Elizabeth Russo. I'm the founder and CEO of Aiden. And Aiden is really a precision medicine company, which means that we're really focused on providing medically actionable results for patients and their providers. And so where we're starting is we have created the first test that's designed to prevent birth control side effects. So in that process of creating that and bringing it to market, what it really means is we've now built this whole end-to-end precision medicine platform. So from getting a test kit shipped directly to the patient's home, they can send the samples back in. We generate high-quality data in a CLIA-certified lab, generate a report, and then we actually can schedule a virtual care visit with a provider who's been trained in understanding the results of that report. And we can also ship a prescription um, directly to somebody's home. Okay, so birth control is a hot topic at the moment. (laughs) Can we talk about types of birth control, first of all? Like maybe kind of zoom out a little bit and help me understand, I don't know, if I was a patient, where would I begin my journey with Aiden? Yeah, that's a great question. Well, let's start even before that, maybe. Do you want to guess how many highly effective prescription birth control methods are on the market in the U.S.? Sure. And when I think about it, I'm like, IUD, do you mean mean by like types of birth control? So IUD is a type, pill is a type. But if you were to count all the different variations on brands and generics and everything. Tell me. Almost 200. (laughs) I don't think most people know that. I mean, I don't know that. I'm thinking I can probably list five. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Where? Yeah. What are the different variations and types of birth control that are available? Yeah. So first, don't feel bad. I didn't know when I started working on this either. I was also shocked. The big types of category all differ in delivery method, amount of hormone, and if that dose of hormone is delivered in a constant or variable amount over time. And so there's the pill, the patch, the ring, the implant, and the IUD. 
Those are the broad categories. And then there's multiple different types within each one of those categories. So a lot of what we see is that people are overwhelmed and don't know where to begin or have had a bad experience on one that scared them off all birth control, not realizing how many different options are at their disposal. What comes up for me is thinking about the age in which people start taking birth control and the type of birth control they might start off on. Do you know much about that journey and like how we, how statistically we like shift in our decision-making around that? Yeah, that's a really fascinating topic. So one thing to remember in this is birth control is medicine, right? So it's not just about preventing pregnancy. People use it to manage everything from severe medical conditions like endometriosis and PCOS to just maintain a better PMS and menstrual cycle experience. And so seven in 10 teens go on birth control for management of those PMS symptoms specifically. So a lot of times because of the benefits of going on something like a combined oral contraceptive pill, I think that's a lot of times the place that a lot of people start. But you're totally right that that what you need out of a birth control shifts throughout your journey. Maybe you've had a child, you're postpartum now. Maybe you have a new medical diagnosis, which means you need to pay more attention to which one might help you manage that medical condition and so on. So it really can vary for people during the 30 years that women on average in this country take birth control. And you were talking about the benefits of birth control, but then you you touched on something in your introduction around the side effects. So there's both. How do we weigh them? Yeah. So it's really about finding the one that makes sense for your biology. So adverse side effects are listed as the primary reason that women switch between methods. So the majority of women, 52%, have to try four or more methods. That's not counting multiple kinds of the pill, for example, to find one that works for their body. And so it's really about that balance. Nobody wants to get acne from birth control, for example, but plenty of people also find treatment from using birth control for acne. And the difference in what works for your best friend, why it doesn't work for you, is that underlying biology and also considering your actual reproductive goals. So that's a lot of what we try to do. And we also look for helping people avoid some of the most dangerous birth control side effects like blood clots, depression, et cetera. Yeah. So can we kind of, do you mind? I love, I'm a person who works well in lists. I'm like, can we list some of the adverse side effects of birth control that women experience in this like testing of what works for them and what doesn't? (laughs) Let's do that. I'm trying to think. I wish we had a blog post published already because we're literally going to talk about all of this. But some of them include acne, heavy bleeding. Definitely mood changes. Mood changes. Yeah. changes in either direction, right? So some people's mood feels more balanced on birth control. Weight, right? Changes in weight. Weight gain has been associated right now specifically with one method of birth control, although we have some preliminary evidence that there are others. It also a good in the positive benefit side could be um, the ability to skip your period or manage heavy flow as well as cramps, things like that. Okay, so today is a big day. And, you know, for anybody listening, this episode is not going to release today, but we're recording on the day that Roe was officially overturned. 
And so the conversation around birth control is likely going to change. I guess I would like to ask you before, you know, without opening a big box of Pandora, right? Like, how do you anticipate the overturning of Roe to affect your business? It's scary. Yeah, it's really scary. I mean, I think for people who have been paying attention, one of the scariest parts of Roe, which taking away our you know, medical care, abortion is medical care, and our right to bodily autonomy is terrifying, but it's even more terrifying when you put it in the legal context of understanding that that is based on a right to privacy. And that same right to privacy is what let us make progress with a bunch of other Supreme Court decisions, including Griswold, which said that a married couple had the right to use contraception And a few years later, another one extended those rights to non-married individuals. So basically, potentially all of our right to contraception is on the line. Similarly, gay marriage, interracial marriage, and a bunch of others. So it's an absolutely terrifying time to be in the U.S. And can I, I mean, do you guys operate in all 50 states? We operate everywhere but New York, New Jersey, and Rhode Island, which is due to direct laboratory billing regulations. Understood. So do you, uh, does, does, are you going to have to change the way that you operate in particular states based on, you know, today's ruling? So as of right now, and hopefully for the foreseeable future, no, we have this really important window in time where finding a highly effective method of birth control that works for you is especially important because it is still legal in all states. And so I really think the way it it impacts our business is just gives us even more motivation to wake up every day and do what we can to help people find one that is making them happy and giving them what they need from that birth control, right? So some answer might some people's answer might be, oh, just tell everyone to go get an IUD and then at least they'll have it for five years. But the reality is an IUD doesn't work well for every individual out there. Yeah, that, I've heard that argument plenty. And I, I guess that a lot of people are struggling with like, well, where do we go from here? What can we actually do? And I think that you're in a unique position. You might help our audience understand what should they be doing if they want to be on birth control? Like, how can they quickly find the best birth control for them? Yeah. I mean, I think the way to find the best one is to leverage your biology. And that's what we're doing at Aiden. So doctors who we've talked to who have seen what we're doing are super excited because they understand that it helps avoid kind of the typical pattern that they have to go through with their patients, which is little more than trial and error, right? So some of the things we talked about before could be contraindications that they look for, like blood clot risk, specifically if you're, let's say, a smoker over 35, then they know to at least avoid a large class of drugs. But there's all these other things that aren't considered. And so what we do is we also take in like a medical survey before you get your or send in your results that lets you also tell us like, hey, which birth controls have you been on before? What was your experience like on that? And also, where are you trying to go? Maybe you are in a place in your life where you're trying to conceive sooner. And so there are certain options that would make more sense and things like that. So we really try to give people all the information that they need to understand, like, what are those 200 options? What are the pros and cons of each of them in general? And what are the specifics based on my goals and my biology that 
that make the most sense. And then what does the test look like? Is it a spit test? Is it a pee test? Is it something else? Yeah, it's it's two things. So it's a saliva collection for analyzing DNA. And then we also do a small finger drop of blood on an absorbent card to look at hormones. Okay. And then what is, if somebody wanted to get your test, what is the best path for them to do that? So just go to our website, aiden.com, and you can check out there. And then you'll be able to share all the information we need to get you that test and fill out that background survey I mentioned. Okay. So, but it, the test happens at a doctor's office. It's not an at-home test. It is an at-home test. It is an at-home. Is okay, an at-home. fantastic. So yeah. like it can get mailed to them anywhere. And then they take the results to their doctor's office. Or to our doctors. So we also okay. have a network of providers that are specially trained in understanding the results. And we've given them a really great view where they can understand all of that background medical information about you and see the results of your tests and have a long conversation with you. So the average contraceptive counseling appointment in the US is 13 minutes and our visits are 25 minutes. So not only are they more than double the length, but they have all this extra information to help them make the most informed decision possible. What are some of the things that come into play around like being the most informed? And I guess I want to broaden that question into thinking about like the economic benefits of birth control, like, cause it's not just about your body and what yeah. it goes through, but it's the effects of being pregnant and, you know, birthing a child. What are the economic benefits of birth control? Well, that is such a fun question. (laughs) I mean, I think that there are massive economic benefits. So some of this comes even at the level of the entire United States, right? So the burden of unintended pregnancy in the U.S. was estimated to be at least 5.5 billion. I think that stats from 2018. And one other fascinating thing is even though we've seen a drop in the number of unintended pregnancy over time, the cost of an unintended pregnancy continues to rise. So there's some large benefits at that level. But there's also, you know, a huge cost to having a child that you can't care for. There's a huge cost to what we like to think of as kind of a, you can think of it as like a prescription cascade, right? Let's say you go on the wrong birth control, you get acne. What do you need to do then? You probably need to go to a dermatologist, pay that copay, get a treatment for that. Maybe you also go back to your OB-GYN, try to get on a different birth control if you even realize that they're associated, right? So if you're on the wrong birth control, there can be this large range of other treatments that you do to try to treat what is actually a side effect. So that's a huge economic burden to individuals um, in terms of both money and time. Wonderful. I mean, not wonderful that the <laughs> that it costs a lot, but just like, okay, it's, it's a bigger issue. It's not just about the birth control itself. There's all the side effects have economic issues as well. So we want to kind of steer people away from that. Absolutely. You know, especially in this day and age and working in healthcare and just the reality that we find ourselves in considering the maternal outcomes that we currently have in the country, I continue to think that we're going to have more pregnant people and how can we do better by them? Like how can we as healthcare professionals like do everything in our power to make sure that moms and babies are, are, are safe and healthy and get the best 
possible chance that they have. Do you want to hear my most depressing learning of the day? Yeah, please. So there was a researcher, I think at Duke, who did a study basically modeling mathematically the impact of overturning Roe and found that it would be a 21% increase in pregnancy-related death. And in non-Hispanic Blacks, it would be a 33% increase in pregnancy-related deaths. So what happened today has massive negative medical consequences for individuals, not to mention that if we start criminalizing things like miscarriage, which some of these state laws go so far as to do, it's just, it's so depressing. It's so unfair. Yeah, it's awful. I mean, there's no other way to really say it. It's just awful. It's also not just a women's issue. Like, let's talk about that for a minute. It's It's really not. Everyone should Uh. care. Men should care. People who are too old to have their own children should care. Uh It is medicine. If we are going to take away medicine from half the population and withhold that, it is, we are not... anywhere near the best country in the world. No, it is a sad, sad day in America at the moment. I mean, I just continue, like, it's really sad. It's it's like, it's really sad. I personally have been struggling with the feedback that I hear around now's the time to fight and go use your vote as somebody who feels like I'm like, I've been fighting this whole time and I've been voting at every chance that I have. And it just feels like there's this, you know, there's, there, it doesn't seem to matter what you do. We basically lost this fight. We lost. And sitting with that is such, it's like really heartbreaking. And honestly, I also continue to think about men in the sense that they claim to be our protectors and claim to be in this situation that they're, you know, <laughs> going to take care of us, at least in an ideal world or state of being. Yeah. I don't feel like that's the case. I don't feel protected. I don't feel like any of my friends or family or extended network feels particularly protected right now by the men either making a decision or sitting on the sidelines letting this happen. Yeah. I absolutely feel that pain and feel the same. You know, it's hard to not be emotional today. Like each of our rights have been taken away and it's a lot to process what that means. I think the sad reality why I think it's still a time to fight is that it could always be worse. They could come for birth control next, right? They could take a step back in terms of gay marriage. And my only hope is that we get people rallied up enough around one issue that they can't tear them all down and that we continue to do what we can to educate about the fact that both abortion and birth control are medicine and everyone deserves access to those and just hope for the best. I think there are some creative solutions that could be done, you know, using federal land to do things. Oh, Let's hear that idea. (laughs) I I am not a lawyer, but I've heard that one idea is that we could use federal land that could be protected to have abortion clinics on it if it just stays as a state-to-state restriction. When I think about what they might come after next, right? And it's even like IUDs or other types of birth control. Like that's the part where it gets really scary because... I've had an IUD in for the last like 10 years, to be honest. And that means it's just like a blanket statement that, well, that that is wrong, that you're doing something wrong by, by trying to control your reproductive health. Like I, 
It's the good news about that instance. I think that was a, a Louisiana bill that didn't pass actually. And it was trying to claim that the copper IUD was, could cause abortion, which there is no evidence for that whatsoever. If I had to guess how they even got there without looking at the science, it's because it can be effective as a like plan B emergency contraceptive, but there's no evidence that it does anything post fertilization. It's a pre-fertilization mechanism of action. Right. Education. Like you're going to run around trying to make these decisions. You do not understand the science. And that's part of like the big deal around like, why is it men, why should men care about women's health issues? Because a lot of times they're the ones that are making decisions. And if they're not educated and understanding women's bodies and the medical effects of what happens to us, like they could be making decisions that literally harm and harm and potentially kill people. Absolutely. And if you really want to talk about why it's a men's issue, they benefit greatly from having female partners on birth control. There is a lot of evidence that they also get economic benefit from not having unintended pregnancies. And it's just something that everyone should care about. Another, I mean... Another thing that's coming up for me is privacy and technology and how many different apps they are. And I know that that's come up in conversations of fertility tracking and period tracking and all of that stuff, how it can be used potentially against us. Like, what do you, what is your take on that? Is that like, should women of reproductive age be using pen and paper? And the other, the other part, sorry, it comes up for me that I'm like, okay, now we've potentially got travel restrictions across states for what, how women can take care of their bodies. And yeah. are we really trying to say that somebody doesn't have a right to go from one state to the other for whatever reason they want? Yeah. I mean, I think that luckily Biden came out and said that they are not going to be supporting anything that would restrict freedom of movement, but it's absolutely terrifying. I think what's incredibly hard about right now is that there's so many things that are up in the air that are yeah. uncertain about what this ruling truly means in practice and in understanding how quickly states are going to act or potentially even other things in the federal government that could be responses to this. I think in terms of your question about like, should we just be writing everything on pen and paper? I don't know that we're there, but I understand the question. Like, absolutely. I would encourage people to look at the privacy policy in terms of service of any apps that they're using to understand what it says, right? To look for really basic levels of security, make sure they talk about, you know, encrypting the data that's there, look for anything they say about how they're going to share or sell that data, and see what they say about, you know, if a government entity were to request or subpoena that data, what would happen? And I think things like that are probably still up in the air because there hasn't been a case of that happening where, you know, so there's no precedent basically yet. It will still need to be litigated and figured out how people are going to respond to that. I mean, the the scariest part of for me is also even outside of healthcare technology and outside of healthcare apps. I mean, remember when Target started sending marketing materials to a family because the daughter bought a pregnancy test? And it's like, can you imagine like just retail stores? Like if you're using your little your code to get the coupons at whatever, they're, you know, basically tracking your purchases and and that's not that is not protected by HIPAA. Like they don't have 
any responsibility to protect anybody's private information or what it is they're seeking out. And and then I'm, I was talking to my business partner, Robin, early. I'm like, are people going to start paying for those types of... You know, we're going to see more cash payments because to not see debit or credit card tracking of whatever it is you purchase. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised either at all. It's again, putting the onus on us to be like a super conscientious consumer takes more of our time, more of our effort, more of our energy to not focus on our education or career or other things we want to pay attention to, which is just, it's terrifying. Find the companies you trust, advocate for better policies, right? So I think there's going to be a lot of other things that come up around this to try to compensate for what happened today. I mean, that's so when we think about like what it is we can do, I love to be action oriented. And to be honest, right now, it doesn't really feel like there's much like you could scream into the void and that might feel good, but I don't know that it's going to change anything. But what would you recommend that people can do right now? Keep voting. Don't give up on that. And I think talk to your partners those men who we want to be allies, make sure they really understand it. And I think, you know, how I look at my role is really around education and combating misinformation that exists out there, not just about abortion and and why it is medicine and why it matters and why it saves lives and why our maternal mortality rates are embarrassing beyond belief, but also educating around birth control specifically around still advocating for a better standard of care, which in my mind is this precision medicine approach that we're doing where people don't have to settle for a birth control that isn't great for them and instead can work to understand their biology and find one that actually works for them. Because I really think birth control is freedom. And that became even more true today. Oh, I agree with that a hundred percent. I mean, I'm happy to share. I'm a, I'm child-free by intentionally in my mid-40s. And I like, I'm basically just starting my third business. And I feel like my businesses have been very much like a dedication, as much dedication as it would be to raise a child. That might be very controversial to say, but like they require a lot of love and attention and dedication that if Absolutely. I was also a I mother, <laughs> I don't think I would be able to do it. It would not be possible. Absolutely. And good for you. Congratulations on three businesses. I I have one (laughs) and it's hard. (laughs) Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. I find and I and I can only I've always thought for me personally, this is just my story where I'm just like, I'm investing in myself and my education. And when I got to the, a certain age that it was time, yeah. I wasn't ready. I was like, I'm actually just getting the fruits of all of my labor. And now I want to invest, you know, even more of like, how can I have a greater impact on my community and the world at large? And it felt like that was a, a big purpose for me. And it's been a huge, like, you know, key for me to be able to live the life that I wanted to live, to be able to be on birth control. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. When's the next vote? (laughs) When do we get to vote? I mean, we (laughs) we need to win midterms. We need to win midterms because scary stuff could happen if we did. So that's in the fall and we'll go from there. We'll go from there. Yeah. What would you, I guess... What would you teach or educate if you had an opportunity? Like, what do you think that people could know? And what would you like them to know? Whether it's 
younger women entering their career or men who are supporting them? Like what would, what, what information would you like to, them to live with? I don't know. <laughs> about, about everything, about birth control, about... Yeah, mostly if on education on birth control. How about that? That's that journey. I think I would educate them to understand that number one, birth control is about way more than family planning. So much more. It's about all the freedom of, of living your life the way we just talked about. And it really truly is about medicine, right? It's one of the main, I saw a great article the other day that was like, it should probably be called a hormonal medicine sometimes used to prevent pregnancy. And I'm like, yes, that, oh, I like that. Like, that is what it is, right? It's used to, to manage, you know, everything from endometriosis and PCOS to cramps and acne and, and it's used for half the population. And so it's incredibly important. And I think the other thing to understand is really understanding what your options are, understanding a little bit more about the science behind it and, and why different birth controls are different um, and why that means one might work for you when another one didn't. Wonderful. Okay. So if people want to get your test, where do they go? Let's point them in that direction. Yes. <laughs> you can go to our website, which is easy, Aiden. Dot com, A-D-Y-N.com. Okay. And if they want to get in touch with you, follow you, ask you any questions, where would you direct our listeners? Yeah, you can. I'm on Twitter at Sequin Lab Coat. That's a good way. Or you can email us hello at Aiden.com and our incredible team will help you talk to me. Okay. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank, thank you for this therapy session today. <laughs> thank you. Great. Yeah, this was great. And I can't wait to share you and your organization with our listeners. Thank so you thanks so for much. joining today. It was such a pleasure. I think yeah. I needed this. <laughs> Me too. Thank you. Thanks for listening. You can learn more about us or this guest by going to our website or visiting us on any of the socials with the handle hit like a girl pod. Thanks again. See you soon.